Business Books. Business Books. On The Money Show. Ian Mann from Gateway's Business Consultants is our professional book reviewer because he does it uh, for fun and he runs a business book club and people come to his business book club and he tells them all about the books he's uh, read. He keeps the best ones for us, I like to think. Tell me about scarcity. Why having too little means so much. It's by a man called Sendhil Muanathanan and Eldar Shafir. Who are these two guys and why did they write about scarcity? Um, their backgrounds are not particularly relevant here. They're just good researchers. Okay. But the point about the book, and I think what caught my attention, was telling me that scarcity means a lot. It doesn't sound terribly intelligent. I thought when I read the book that there'd be nothing that they could possibly say, but there was a lot. I'll give you one example. We, there's scarcity of time, there's scarcity of money, there's scarcity of companionship, there's scarcity of calories, there's scarcity of sleep, and every one of these makes a huge difference to how we function in business and anywhere else. If we can just take the idea of scarcity of time, which I think we all know about. When you've got a deadline, you, your, your brain works in such a way that it eliminates all the distractions. It's much, much easier if you have a deadline to ignore the playing with your new puppy or reading a book or, or browsing on the web. And you get yourself down to business and you just focus on what you have to do and achieve it. If you have a self-imposed deadline... You function differently. So the scarcity of time affects the way that we function in quite profound ways. And this comes across in lots of different contexts, as you can imagine. But does, does it mean, I mean, and I suppose each to his own, we are wired slightly differently. I like a good deadline. I don't like to have it self-imposed. I like to have somebody impose a deadline upon me, <clears throat> upon which I will deliver within three or four seconds to spare because just that's the way I'm wired. We like deadlines. Um, Other people, however, can do the self-imposed deadline thing and can get things done two weeks in advance. Which is better, I wonder? I I think that it it appears that those who've got deadlines that come from the outside are more likely to achieve them under all circumstances. Those who have self-imposed deadlines have the right to say, well, the deadline's there, I've set the deadline, but I'd like to change it. So unless I think unless you're particularly wired in a very strange and terribly structured way, you're more likely to <laughs> that was polite, wasn't it? It was. You you're more you're more likely to, to give up on a deadline if something more attractive comes up. But the the, the scarcity we all I think we all know what what money scarcity does to people. But it does things in a lot of other things which I was quite unaware of, which I, I'd like to share with you. Absolutely. I mean, money scarcity is one thing. You sort of you anticipate that people who, um, who have a limited resource in terms of money, if somebody has a rand, they will stretch that rand and make that rand work harder and in more ingenious ways than you and I could ever imagine. Absolutely. However, there is a consequence to thinking in the way that requires that rand to be stretched. Yes, and I, I think that the, 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 the feeling that I don't have enough makes me examine situations in a way that I wouldn't examine them otherwise. And I think that I've always, I've always held the opinion that big business has far more to learn from small business than small business has from big business. I originally thought it was the other way around. Big business has obviously had it all sussed and that small businesses must just learn how to behave like they do. But when you look at the way that you manage small businesses, where you, you don't have any wiggle room. You know, you can't have two quarters of bad results and, and continue. Two quarters of bad results and you close up and go home. And I think that there's the way that small, good small businesses are run and have a lot to teach large businesses in terms of containment of waste and utilizing the assets and looking for opportunities and so on.
But don't some people and some businesses get trapped in that scarce, in a scarcity trap, if you like? There's nowhere I can think beyond my current rand or my current means because it's beyond my realms of understanding. I am so used to coping within the tight constraints that this imposes upon me that I become a prisoner of it. Indeed. I think that the, the, in terms of growing a business, you probably are going to be – scarcity is going to affect you quite negatively if you have that sort of mindset. If you want to if you want to trim your business down, get it slimmer, much more lean, clearly the scarcity would be very positive. So scarcity has all, affects people in, in both directions. It's neither good nor bad. It's just, it just is. But the impacts are profound. And if I, if I give you one example, there was a study that was done in New Haven School that was situate, situated on a railway track. And the kids who were closest to the track – Sixth graders were tested against kids whose classrooms were on the other side of the schools. They weren't on the same side of the track. They found that the kids who were on the, on the railway track, and the railways don't go by all the time. It's just occasional noise. That disruption made the kids on the closest side to the track a full year behind academically to the other kids. It appears that the noise is so disturbing to learning and to ability to function that what happens is that you're thrown out very, very significantly. Now, let's take that out the school context and bring that back to back to a work situation. There was a lovely study done in a mall, and they went up to people and they said to them, here's a theoretical body. How would you answer this question? Your garageman says to you that your car needs a 3,000 3, rand um, repair now or it will be a 4,500 rand repair later. Which one would you choose? Everybody in the mall, irrespective of the socioeconomic class, chose the, I'll do it now, and I'll save myself one and a half thousand rand later. When they raised that, and they said that the garage minister said to you that you are going to have to spend 30,000 rand now or 45,000 rand later, <laughs> people who were in the highest socioeconomic strata said, no, clearly the 30,000 rand now. Those in the lowest socioeconomic strata all said, no, we will wait. Now, you ask yourself, this, th- that's obviously the wrong answer. Now, why did they give the wrong answer? According to the, the, the study, they gave the wrong answer because when you're poor, there's noise in your head, and the noise says, I can't even pay my, my credit card this month. How am I going to find yeah. 30,000 rand? The interesting part is there was a purely theoretical question. It had nothing to do with your car or whether you owned one or your money. The ability to think was affected by the noise of the, of, at a subliminal level of thinking about your scarcity in your life and in your context. I think that that I think was, excuse me, was very indicative, at least to me, of the power of scarcity uh, on, on a person's ability to think clearly. It's absolutely frightening. I mean, that, that, that exactly, taking the theoretical, you make it personal and immediately you push yourself away. Is the 21st century world framed by scarcity because we keep getting told that um, you know we're going to run out of food we're going to run out of water we're going to run out of space there are going to be too many people on the planet there are going to be 10 billion of us by 20 whatever it is going to be yes. um, and then it's all going to come and end horribly and we're all going to be hungry I think that the interesting part is that we genuinely don't believe that I, I think that if, is when somebody tells you that the you, you, let's presume that a man was in Cape Town and he happened to be on the seafront um and you were told that because of, of global warming, that the sea is going to rise. And you might worry about whether you should have an investment on the seafront, except that it's going to rise by one and a half inches every 10 years, which is going to be a catastrophe 
been 500 years. Absolutely. Now, I think because we don't actually believe that the scarcity is going to happen, we don't do anything about it and we can live with it. If we actually could feel the scarcity, I think we'd behave very, very differently. But we haven't seen it yet. And that's the thing. It's, um, everything is related to our own experience. Somebody dying of cancer, for example, and being told, you've got about six months to live, is going to treat the scarcity of time very differently from somebody who might be dead in three months in a car crash. They just don't know that the car crash is going to happen to them. Indeed, indeed. And uh, you, to think of how your staff might be functioning. Let's presume that you have staff who are, who are at the lower level, socioeconomic level. Um, you're in, you own a restaurant, and you find that your the, the client is the restaurant the patron is complaining because I ordered sparkling water and you brought me still water. What's going on in the mind of the waiter as he's listening to, as he's taking the order? When at a subliminal level, we're talking at a subliminal level, he's not even aware of this. At a subliminal level, he's worried about his mom, or he's worried mm. about having to pay rent. And what that does is distracts you. And because you're distracted, you perform at a much lower level. And you've got to ask yourself the question, what does poverty do to people's ability to, to think clearly and to think well? Because it, it, it does become an impediment, at least according to these people's research and understanding. So how can we use this book here, man? It's all well and good to have the book, the title, Scarcity, Why Having Too Little Means So Much. Who's it aimed at? Who should be reading it? And how should we be using it? I think that I think that the more we understand about people just generally, the easier it makes it makes it for us to deal with them. So I think that whether you're talking about scarcity in uh, among staff and being aware of what constraints they might have, and what situ- what what time situations might mean, and time constraints or financial constraints, understanding what that means it will allow us to get more out of our staff because we'll understand them better. I think that understanding the effects of of um, scarcity on ourselves, whether it's food scarcity or financial scarcity, um, is, is quite important because we should be aware that we will make the wrong decisions if we are in a scarcity frame of mind, and by the way, equally wrong decisions if we feel we're in, a, in an abundance. I would imagine that people who've just got two checks in December feel very rich, and so that by the time December's over, there's absolutely nothing because they've spent much, much more than they budgeted oh, yeah. for because they actually felt rich. No, exactly right. I mean, uh, sure, Kamunga, Kamunga on my Twitter account this evening saying you know, somebody needs to be a massive exposure on garnishy orders that are causing havoc in South Africa. Most strikes are by staff under garnishy orders. I'm, I don't know about most, but certainly lots of strikes are being perpetuated by people who earn fairly decent salaries but are finding that that money is being swallowed up through garnishy orders and through payments that uh, they didn't anticipate or didn't calculate effectively uh, when they took out loans. It's a classic example of how... Well, you know, it all seems well and good for the financial institution to lend the money, but it's not considering uh, the consequences of scarcity. And what's it going to do to them, indeed? Uh, absolutely right. Ian Mann from Gateway's Business Consultants, as always, thanks very much for coming in and joining us. The book, we'll put the title up on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Bruce Business. It's a long one. Scarcity, why having too little means so much by Sandhill Olai Nathan and Eldar Shafir. That is the book with Ian Mann this evening, the Managing Director of Gateway's Business Consultancy. He owns uh, his own consultancy, but he also um, runs business book clubs. Uh, every every month he hosts a, a breakfast and people go and listen to his reviews of business books. They sit around, they chat about them. There are lots of good books, lots of good content that you can access, but it's about then applying that content. His thought for applying this particular content is you, you, we live in a particular context where increasingly the world is unequal 
equal, where there is a smaller and smaller percentage of the world's population that sits on the, uh, the biggest chunk of the wealth, and more and more people are being put into the scarcity framework. What is the consequence of that scarcity framework on you? That is the issue being raised by Ian Mann this evening.